The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. This is Shaken and Stirred. Welcome back, everybody, to another week. Tom has decided to get dressed for us today, probably because we've got some very prominent fashion folk as our guest, and he is, in fact, wearing nothing more than his pyjamas and dressing gown. You're looking very dapper, old boy. Thank you. Well, it is. No, hi. Hi there. Well, it is, as we know, different. we're in different time zones. The joy of Zoom. It's my bedtime. So, you know, I got out of the bath and I thought, why bother getting dressed again? Well, I'm glad you put something on, actually, because have you just got out of the bath and wondered why I was going to get dressed again at all? Yeah, naked most of the time. Anyway, that could be a new one, actually. What are you drinking, Tommy? I'm drink- Do you know something? It's so foul. The, the, the autumn's coming here, the wind's coming in, the, the weather's just diabolical. So I decided to make myself think. And I'm, I'm, I, couldn't, I live somewhere that's furthest, the furthest point from the sea in this country. And I, so I've decided tonight to make myself something called a beach coma. <laughs> just to remind me that there is such a thing out there. Uh, beach coma, which is, you know, you like your measures, you like going into all that information. Basically, I'm drinking beach cover because I just need something different from the dismal situation outside the window. Rum, triple sec, lime juice. Very festive. And absolutely, hang on, I'll, I'll, I'll hold it up so you know I'm not just completely, you know, I'm not having a cup of cocoa. There we go. Very nice. And, and served in a martini glass, no less. Apparently, I think you're supposed <laughs> I think you're supposed to serve it in a tall glass, in a highball glass with ice. I think so. I think you've tried to sort of basically make a, a very, very kind of, uh, I don't know, seaside drink or a Caribbean even drink. For the evening. I know. I like it. Well, I am joining you, my friend, with another drink in a martini glass. But this is, in fact, the Vespa. I've decided to make myself a Vespa, the Jane Bond drink, no less. Uh, made famous by Ian Fleming in the Casino Royale. Of course, it was what Bond ordered. And it is, as you know, I like measurements. It's three ounces of gin. And he he went for the Gordon's gin, I believe, originally, or Plymouth gin of some sort, which is a little sort of sweeter than the dry gins that I like, uh, like the London dries and what have you, to one ounce of vodka, two-thirds of an ounce or half of an ounce of lillet, right, which is a, a, a vermouth of sorts. And... and um, Really, and it's stirred, but he liked his shaken. Right, so this is the whole thing. People get very upset when he shakes his, his martini because obviously the ice breaks down and dilutes the drink and all the rest of it. But the myth goes, of course, and Ian Fleming discusses this, that the actual reason why James Bond shakes his cocktail, doesn't stir it, is because he's trying to get the edge over his opponent who is going to you know, have a stronger drink and therefore be more drunk than he is, and he'll be more aware. So it's, it's just apparently that fraction of a little bit of dilution is going to make Bond just a little bit more on his game than his opponent. So that's the myth behind why he shakes and not stirs his martini. And it has a twist of lemon. Cheers. And you're comparing yourself to, you comparing yourself to James Bond. You're trying to shoehorn that in. Even better than that, I am actually the you know doing the drink a service, whereas James Bond ruined it. It's actually very nice when it's stirred because it's actually quite silky as a drink. But when you shake it, it gets frothy. If you ever shake this drink, it, it doesn't. It's a completely different drink. So actually, this is the way to do it, folks. Sorry, Bond. Uh, and, and listen, of course, hey, you may like your drink diluted a little bit, but perhaps try it both ways. But I think you're going to prefer it stirred. But whichever way you do it, in your case, you basically, after one, start, you lose the power of speech and start slurring either way. It should be st- shaken and slurred. <laughs> I love that. That will be the, the name of our next podcast, Tom. Shaken and slurred. <laughs> Brilliant. Finally, something smart said out of this man's mouth. That's why he, he's here, people. That's it from Tom for the rest of the show. But on that note, I think we have some booze news. So, in booze news, and I was looking at booze, there isn't a huge amount happening in the world of booze every week. You know, there's not always something that's dropping. But actually, as far as new alcohols that have been dropping, Kahlua, you may have noticed that just last week, in fact, I was making a bunch of espresso martinis and things because it was National Coffee Day. But Kahlua simultaneously have released a new Kahlua. It is, in fact, a Kahlua blonde, and it's, by all accounts, 
sweet with a hint of citrus and uh, is meant to really sort of, I, I guess, change the coffee drinks up. So many of them are a bit of, on the bitter side using that dark sort of espresso style coffee. This is meant to be a much more full bodied, sweeter citrus kind of, I imagine it's gonna blend very well in cocktails and you won't need to add as much simple syrup as so many of these espressos go. So that's kind of fun. Meanwhile, on the other side of the world, in China, in Shanghai, uh, there's a famous atelier called, uh, designer store called Atelier XY and they have recently designed a bar called Jay Borowski in Shanghai and this bar has a rather unusual theme. It is decorated all over in bugs and beetles and insects. And I mean, it is, they are in the walls, they're in the ceiling, there, there is a one wall that has 41 black tarantulas in it, for goodness sakes. I'm not sure what I feel about that, to be honest with you. I'm not sure that I would like to go into a bar and sit, well, I know, you. there he is. Tom has all sorts of insects in cages all around him. So perhaps, Tom, this is in fact your place. It might be worse for like What are those you just showed me, Tom? Those are two butterflies pinned and stuck in a cage. Yeah, horrible, really, unless you like that sort of thing. Yeah. I did collect bugs and butterflies, but um, I'd love to see this bar. And I was thinking, actually, going forward, what we should probably be trying to do more of is actually investigate, which when we're allowed to travel again, maybe, what we should do is try and make a game plan to um, go and travel and see as many new bars because there will be a lot of old bars that are shut by the time this this, this situation, this pandemic thing is over and there'll be a lot of new bars opening. And I think all these new bars need some ambas roving ambassadors just to pop in, come and check the drinks out, look at the decor, give it a bit of a, you know, rate it and... and Absolutely, the shake it and stir rating. I love it. I think that's a great idea, Tom. And, and for all of you barmen out there and people about to open bars all over the world, of course, now you know that we're interested. We'd love to come. We would love to come. And have a go at your drinks. And have a go. Clean you out and, and probably give you a good rating at Shaken and Slurred. You're always rating at Shaken and Slurred. Always. <laughs> and on that note, we are so excited for our guest today. We are, well, I wouldn't say fashionably late. I would say fashionable. <laughs> always fashionable. <laughs> you can recognize that giggle, that laugh, which is his signature as his name. <laughs> our guests today are the ultimate shakers and stirrers. They've spent their careers breaking the mold and setting new standards in the fashion and beauty worlds. And to be honest with you, there's really just too much to list. And normally I give everyone like they did this, they did that, they did, but I went through and with these guys, I mean, we're going to get into it. There is literally a list longer than my arms. And if I were to say, you know, we're going from as far as like Madonna to Nas, right? <laughs> with a little bit of heatherette in between. That's, <laughs> that's just the tip of the iceberg, okay? So obviously, I'm talking about Richie Rich and Mr. D. Welcome Happy to Taken and Stirred, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Nigel. Thank you so yeah. much. You are a legend. You are an absolute legend, Nigel. Well, I'm the only one not wearing glasses right now, so whatever it is. Oh, it they're might... about to come off. We just, like, thought it'd be fun to start this way. Oh, I like it, though. I, I would have it no other way. I mean, with all the lights in your eyes. Yeah. Nigel, I don't know. I don't know if you remember, but I was in San Francisco where I grew up, and I was visiting. And you did a you did a, a talk there, and my friend took me, and I I saw you for two seconds. It was like, hey, 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 and then you had your fans all around you. So I was like, boom! So I'm so happy we've reconnected this way. Well, absolutely. Well, you you, know, you may forget I've also been to your shows. Oh, I know you've been such a supporter. Oh my God! Like, I've shot your clothes many, many times. Before we get there, what what are you guys drinking? I got, I saw you said you've got some sort of drink in your hand. Well, I decided to do a glitter teeny because I'm basically made of glitter. So like, this is just like to recap, like on the face, I'm not going to drink her, but. I love it. It's ridiculous. It's so fantastic. You've got a, it's like a champagne glass with glitter. Only you, Richard, would think of that. Trust me. Otherwise it'd be bubbles. <laughs> Tom, you need one of those. You need to get yourself a glitter teeny, Tommy. Okay. I'll put one through virtually. Mr. D, what have you got? I'm drinking what we call a fabulosity. It's pure fabulousness, Nigel. Pure Hello. Fabulousness. <laughs> Cheers. I have no idea what that is, but we're going to have to try and shake it up and mix it up. And, and hopefully we got, you know, what, what's in there? What is in your fabulosity? Oh, fabulosity? That's a very big secret. We'll tell you later. <laughs> 
Sorry, guys, no secrets here. You know, all, all our listeners are going to be wanting to make themselves this drink and be as fabulous as you. Clearly, that's not the case. Okay, let's jump straight into it. You know, you guys are on the verge. And I, we did a, 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 an interview together on a panel just recently, a big fashion panel. And we, you guys were talking about this new platform you've created called Beauty Queen. And I want to talk about that. I want to get into that because it's, 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 it's very cool. I've visited it myself. It's, to be honest with you, I looked at it and I was almost felt like I was taking acid or sort of LS, <laughs> just sort of checking it out. It was a bit of a flashback to the 90s club scene in itself, which I know is a big deal for you guys. And, and it's a big part of Richie's story and what have you. But talk about, first of all, like, Richie, take us back for you. Right? Your life, your world, you know, you're a well-known club kid. You've talked about it in many interviews. It's like right. a thing, right? It's like how yeah. they start the interview. But I want to go back a little bit almost before that and be like, who was the kid that became the club kid? Like, what were you when you were just a boy at, at home? What were your dreams and aspirations at that point? I was the boy in California. Well, I grew up in New Jersey, and then I, my dad was at was the New York Times in the sports department. And so my family were all athletic and we'd skate on a pond. So I like to skate, we moved to California when I was 12. I had no friends. So like, cause I didn't know anybody yet. It was summer. And so I'd skated a rink and this coach saw me and I started competitive, competitively figure skating, which wasn't the coolest sport to do as a boy, like then. And, um, but hence the costumes and my mom, we would design them and make them for competitions. Heatherette in the making, hello, later on. And then I joined the ice capades and then I toured with the ice capades flying on a wire and worked with tigers and lions and went all over the place and trained with Kusayama Gucci's coach. And then I decided, I'm like, you know what? I kind of like high school. I had fun. So I kind of stopped that part of my life. Well, high school first. And then I joined the ice Sorry, I'm backtracking. Then I would sneak out of my house and go go dance in San Francisco at this gay club called the I-Beam. And this kid said to me on the bar, he's like, what? I was 16. He's like, what's your club name? I said, Richie Rich. That's what all my friends call me. And my name's Richie. And he's like, come next week. And I did. And I started throwing paper money everywhere. And whee! So they started throwing me parties. But then I'd sneak back into my house and go skating and then go to school. And then, <laughs> so then fast forward, I started doing parties after the ice capades in San Francisco. And then uh, the club kids in New York that I'd never followed, I never knew of. And I knew I wanted to move to New York. My art teacher told me about like Warhol, Basquiat, and Keith Haring and that whole world back then that I missed. So yeah, I always knew I'd be here in New York. And then I won a contest to be a club kid. And then they, I came to New York, the opening of Club USA in Times Square, this mega club. And they put me on the Joan River show, bless her heart. She followed my whole, everything I've done and miss her. And uh, Phil Donahue and, the, and Geraldo shows. And so we had, I mean, we had like fan mail coming from everywhere and all that jazz. And we'd have runaways come to New York and want to move in with us and be club kids. And, <laughs> and just, it was just wild. And we'd all make our what we were wearing. And that's kind of like, so then Suzanne Barsh, my good friend, I was working with her as an assistant during the day planning parties. And then Patricia Field, I worked in her store doing makeup. Love Pat. And then Suzanne's like, oh, you should do, you should sell your clothes at Pat's. And then I started doing that. And then uh, the Backstreet Boys came in and got t-shirts. And then Gwen Stefani ended up in Entertainment Weekly wearing a top. And then Pat was like, oh, we went to Japan. I had a, a record out in pop music. And I had my, my name Richie on my shirt and rhinestones. And she's like, make one for Carrie. I said, who's Carrie? And then it turns out she put it on San Francisco Parker for the Sex and City ads around the world. And Heatherette was born. <laughs> you must know Ivy. Of course. I love Ivy. So, so Tom, you know Ivy. We've, we've all partied along. Hi, Tom. Hi. <laughs> So Tom had, a big, Tom had a big crush on Ivy, which I'm, I'm announcing to the world right now, when he first met her. And well, now, now she knows. <laughs> she knows. But I think she knew at the time, too, to be honest with you. But, you know. I just, actually, before, before you know, the whole world went crazy, um, I saw her in December at a, at a holiday party, and I hadn't seen her for a while at her good friend's house. And she's doing great. Ivy is fabulous. So Ivy, you know, used to work at Patricia Fields, full of you out there, and she's was super fabulous. And I photographed her several times and a lot of mutual friends and, and what have you. And, and, and you know, and my, my sort of little sort of secret of that is I've never really obviously been a club kid, to be honest with you, but I've always loved the club scene and photographed it and gone in there and sort of been a part, watched it from the side, always wondered, like, you guys are so kind of cool and, and basically were able to just be yourselves or, or be whoever you wanted to be. Right, and and I guess that was the, the, the part. So many of us. That was totally the motto. I mean, I mean, to me, we were a bunch of geeks that you know, like the misfit toys that were just like, do what you want to do and be who you want to be, and encourage everybody. I mean, that 
that's and you are a club kid, Nigel. Come on, it's like yeah, he was know. just pretending to be what he wanted to be, which was was a photographer. Clearly, I mean, you know, without- I'm still pretending to be a photographer. Thank, by the way, Tom. and thank God for that. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, you're just you're going back on what you just said. I mean, first of all, the way you described your life. And I know it, all of those aspects, and I know it's absolutely sort of compressed your childhood into sort of a very short period of time. But it, it's basically like, you know, one moment you were sort of in New Jersey, the next moment you were in California, and then all of a sudden you're with tigers, and then you're on the ice, and you're sort of, you know, uh, past ice capades. And then it was sort of like, if you listen to what you just said, it I know, was it sounds crazy. Sort of, yeah, crazy, first of all, but just unbelievable. But, oh, thank you. But also, Okay, so just for a second, just I want to just boil that down a little bit because you are someone who is very expressive. You are clearly fabulous. You don't you 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 do what you want. You are who you want to be. So many people, I'm sure, look at you and go, you know, well, I'm sure lots of kids are they're going. I wish I could be him. I wish I could be as brave as you. I wish I could do what you do and say what you do. And I know that's a big part of Beauty Queen. But they are. They can be. I mean. You know, I, I think the whole thing is really like, I had, a, I was lucky. I had a lot of support with my family. Like it took them a while. I had it. I really had it. I want to know. I want to know I about, did. I want to know about your family. Cause I think that's the thing. I mean, what is it that allowed you to be as strong as you are right now? Because it isn't, that isn't the story for a lot of people. Well, it's family values. I mean, my, my mother and my father like instilled that in my, I have older brothers that are totally different than me. We're all very close. They're married with children or my nieces and nephew. And like, it's kind of like, yeah, I wear makeup. I do this and that. At the same time, my, my older brothers were like the jocks in school. And like, but they are the ones that introduced me about David Bowie and Debbie Harry. And, and that was the thing at the time with their, their generations. And like, and then later I, I didn't By the know. Way, I, I, know I, I got into David Bowie and, 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 what, and, you know, and Debbie Harry too, but I'm not wearing pearls right now. My hair is not pink. Right. <laughs> but you're a visionary. So like you, you appreciate it. You get it. You capture it, you know? So like, yeah, that definitely that also- had no- and also, we don't know whether, you know, the podcast finishes, he goes and slaps right. a bit of and is, is, you know, <laughs> is in the proverbial closet, man. He does I like mean, a Captain America spin and boom. I've, already, I've always thought that there's, a, <laughs> there's something a little different about Nige that no <laughs> Well, the rest of the world doesn't know. So anyway, I'm going to leave you with that thought. Sorry, Nigel, carry on. No, I was going to just say, it's <laughs> Nigel by day, Niger by night. Niger, I, I think I've met Niger before, actually. <laughs> right, Mr. D? We've met Niger before. Absolutely, <laughs> we definitely have. Mr. You D? Dressing up with Tyra. <laughs> yes, that's me. Take us back for you as well, because right? if you look at your career right now, you've been responsible as a brand your creator, really, and taking people and blowing them up. And, and you know, really, I mean, the list goes on and on and on with the, the, the most extraordinary names, one of which is a household name in the beauty world, of course, Nas. But how did you get yourself into that position? Who, how do you find yourself with that kind of level of influence? So what were you doing and, and what was your childhood like that set you up for that? Oh, wow, my childhood, Nigel, going back just a few years, I'd love to tell you. I grew up as a total oddball. I don't think times have changed much for me, as you can tell. Total oddball. All my friends growing up in New York were after school playing basketball, baseball, touch football. And I said, ooh, that's not for me. I went back to my house. I opened up Vogue magazine. I opened up Hollywood Reporter. And I watched MTV all night long and all afternoon. I love that world. I wanted to be in that world. I wanted to be transported into that world. And I was going to do nothing to let myself stop from dreaming of being like that. And while my friends kind of discouraged that, I said, I'm going to dream and I'm going to get there. Cut to a few years later as a modeling in New York, I wound up stumbling upon this woman who became my mentor, the great iconic Miss Fern Malice. And I started having a conversation with Fern Malice. She was planning the debut of a thing called New York Fashion Week. Yeah, that Fern has been a guest on the show, right? So Love, Fern, yes. original guest. So Absolutely. Love her. And I told her what my dreams were. And she said, well, take a look at fashion shows and see what you think. And I said, fashion shows? I love fashion shows. It's my life. Are you kidding me? And she said, well, come help us out. Stick around. Maybe you'll enjoy it. I said, um, okay, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> so I wound up palling around with Fern for a few hours. By the end of the afternoon, I wound up being anointed youngest producer of New York Fashion Week. And I began my career, thanks to Fern. She opened the doors wide open. Immediately, I saw Kate Moss and Calvin Klein and Prince 
and the music and the lights. <laughs> I was totally enamored. I was in such a spectacle. I felt I was transported to a world I never even could have imagined. And then I met someone that became my best friend very quickly, Francois Nars. We had similar ideals, similar values. He was a boy growing up in the south of France that was different than everybody else. I was a boy in Manhattan that was different than anybody else. And so even two kids from two different sides of the world were able to come together and talk about a mutual goal, which was to do something completely game changer for the fans of fashion and entertainment. And Francois was such a fabulous makeup artist. He had this dream of starting a makeup line. And I said to him, great, let's do it. But with 12 lipstick, oh, come on, we got this, <laughs> Francois. And it began. But what really was the amazing thing was Francois always knew that I lived for Madonna. Madonna, to me, seeing that visual, Nigel, seeing her inspiration that she gave to so many kids, another girl that grew up as an oddball in a small town and made it big. He knew I dreamed of meeting Madonna and working with Madonna. No one so could immediately that like a virgin video. I mean, that whole, right. that, uh, when that video came out for the first time, I think even though it wasn't, to be honest, that scandalous, it was, was scandalous right? because I remember watching it as a little, as a, literally as a boy and thinking, God, she's hot, first of all. <laughs> I remember like my dad walking by and my dad sort of stopping and watching Top of the Pops as she was doing like I a- I love it. <laughs> on top of the pops with her lace glove and her bra strap hanging off. And he was, I looked around at him and he was like mouth open. And my, my, my mother was stopped in the kitchen, water flowing. And she was, <laughs> and it was like, like a virgin. <laughs> and everyone was just like, what the heck? And the world changed at that moment. My mom, my mom bought me the record and I, I couldn't even, I was like, virgin? Like, oh, I couldn't, and my mom is not like that, like at all, believe it or not. But that's amazing. What do you mean, believe it or not? Well, I absolutely believe it, Richie. What are you talking about? Mr. D, back on. Sorry. Okay, okay. sorry, sorry, Mr. D. If you remember, there was an amazing record store called Tower Records. Of course, I love Tower. To the kids that walked into basketball arenas and loved that, I felt the same when I walked into Tower Records. When her CD came out, you would open it up. It was perfume scented. Well, like a prayer. I thought I was on cloud nine. I couldn't believe it, Richie. It was the most amazing. I wanted to, I mean, we love you, Madonna. We think you're the greatest still. And so Francois said to me, meet me at the MTV Awards. I'm going to be doing someone's makeup. Okay, no big deal. So I meet him at Radio City User Call. I'm whisked up and they give me a pass and it says all access, Madonna. I knew it had to be a mistake. I figured maybe they just made a few out and they stumbled and took the wrong one and put it on me. Where could I be going? Well, the escorts march me into a room. The door opens, guys. And right there, oh. in a pink silk dress, is Madonna. I was smitten. Talk about blushing. I couldn't believe it. Okay, can I, can I stop you for one second? I, and again, this is not a one-upmanship here, okay? But on this, on this story, like, I have a very, very, very quick, funny story. I used to live in London when I was first, um, as a young photographer and, young, and I was just, before I came to America, and I had this house in a place called Tregunta Road. And it turns out, right, that a lot of unusual people ended up living there and, and moving onto this street in London. At one point, we had a knock on the door and a buzz on the buzzer. And I was like, you know, who is it? And it was like, oh, sorry, it's your neighbor. I'm coming around looking for, trying to see if we can borrow some milk. The off license is shut and we've got no milk. I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> so I ran downstairs, not the weirdest thing in the world, but I ran downstairs with some milk, opened the door. Who is at the door? Madonna. Madonna. Shut the French door. <laughs> Check that out for, oh my God, I opened the door and who's at the door? Girl, I'll make you some tea, <laughs> come on in. No, huh? And she had moved in next door. So Madonna was my neighbor with- Oh my, my God, you were shaking and stirred me on. Boom. Right? Yeah, so that, that's, isn't that weird? It's a beautiful that's street. That's amazing. It was Hugo yeah. Simpson, so we both lived there together. Yeah, no, it's amazing, right? So wow. Margaret Thatcher also lived on it, that, there as well. So it's a bit of an odd street. So we had a whole bunch of people. Anyway, now back into again to Mr. Dave. We've got to have That's these incredible. incredible. That's like a reality show. <laughs> Go ahead. So there we are. So there we are. And of course she says, oh, hi, I'm Madonna. So I said, and I'm Mr. D. And the rest <laughs> was history. We became really good friends. We wound up collaborating on many different projects together. And it really showed me that, again, you can dream. But now cutting to today, Nigel, it's so important to me because 
all these different people I mentioned, Francois Nars, Fern Malice, they opened up doors for a young kid with dream and a hope. And that now is something that Richie is, Richie and I are doing that now. It's so important for us to open the doors for these kids to this world of entertainment, to the world of glamour and glitz, because that empowerment to be someone else for a minute, to be someone else forever is so important, so important. But people don't want to necessarily be someone else, do they? They just want to be themselves. I mean, I think it, what you've, I think, hit on and what I think is exciting about what you've done is that you're allowing people and it's showing people that whoever you are, whatever you think you, you, know, you would love to be, you can be. And mm -hmm. that, you know, because the reality is, is that we all grow up with stereotypes. We all grow up with how you should be, what a man is, what a man should be, what a woman should be, that your right. role... This is how things are. And of course, we know that there are exceptions to the rule, but it seems to be one thing if you're a rock and roller or you're a star, then it's like, okay. Yeah. Like, you know, Richie yeah. Rich is the cool club kid and, you know, and he's a fashion designer, so he gets away with it, right? You know, you hang out with Madonna, you get away with it. Like, you're a part of that crew, you're a part of that club, you're, you're special, you can do that. I'm not. I'm a kid, you know, like these, there must be kids in like, who, I don't know, in the middle of nowhere, you know, mm -hmm. podunk town somewhere who are dying to just express themselves. And, you know, what do you say to someone like that? I mean, how do you deal with people like that? How do you help them? I mean, I, I think the biggest thing really is to, like, like Mr. D's saying, like, let's get the message out there even more and more. And like MTV saved my life. Like, like Mr. D's, like seeing there is something out there that, I can I can relate to I mean especially now with social media it's so crazy like uh, and and people can be themselves and you know I think it's more the the circumstances around them they have to just I don't know we, we have to figure out how to get the message out there more to be able to tell them like it's okay to be you and you don't have to I'm not gonna you know make okay, them run so away from just, home but. I just, so for example I mean just to give you a real example okay and again I, I hear what you're saying but it's it's one thing to say. You know, like, oh, yeah, just you can be yourself or whatever. But yeah. it's another thing when you, you go to school and, you know, you try one small thing. Like, you know, it, like, for example, myself, right? As a kid, I decided that I wanted to do fashion design, pattern cutting, weaving and tailoring and stuff. And I was the only boy in 24 kids in a classroom, which were all girls. And my nickname given to me by a lot of other kids there was, was actually Niger by Nige. We joked about that, right? But they, right. And, it was, and it, it was sort of to suggest that I was probably gay. Like that why else would you be doing right. it? The reality was I'm not gay, but it doesn't matter whether I was or wasn't. It became yeah. a thing. It became an interest to people. They were like, how could you want to be doing, you know, no, I'm, sorry, clothes? I'm going to interrupt him. That Niger by Nige, you know, he's making it sound like this was made up by the classmates and his mates. By the way, I was... <laughs> I was at school with him and it was like, he made that name up. He made that name up and made it stick. So, but as, as all legends, as all legends will say, I you was know, say they, they, did you, they did you a favor by sometimes being picked on actually makes you stronger. And it, and they gave you a, a niche. They gave you that name, and like. Well, it did for me. It know? did for me. So, it, I so mean, to your point. It, it made me feel. I was in. I, I felt strong, but I was tall. I was a big kid. But I'm like, you know, there were also kids there who actually who were gay, but they were, but were terrified. No, they're so scared. But they're so terrified. scared to be that. Of course, we're terrified uh, to be it. The two, the two guys that picked on me in high school were well from junior high to high school. They were just bullies, like and. And uh, later down in life, like after high school, like I'm walking in San Francisco and we, I grew up in the suburbs. And then in San Francisco, they're walking down the street, holding hands and making out. And I'm like, ah, like how, who knew? Like they were like the jocks and not that you can't be gay as a jock, but it's like they, they were mean to people. And, but I just kind of always just knew myself and knew, I don't know. I mean, you know, as long as it's not physical, if somebody's hurting you, you have to have to stick up for yourself with other people. Like. You know, those like jocks, though, if, if you're supposed to be a jock, you know, out of, out of school, and then they, you know, they see exactly. some easy prey, right? You're going if to, you're, if you're supposed to be a jock at school, but actually you're gay, and the seriously, and you're seriously not allowed to even consider, you know, gay, like you do, you know, you listen to your parents, gay bashing, everything, but it, you're actually gay yourself. You know, bullies are bullies because they're miserably unhappy, right? Uh, oh, always, of course. They want you to be as unhappy as they are. So it doesn't surprise totally. me that you 
your biggest bullies in your school, you see them walking there. What happened when you saw them? Did you actually stop them? And, uh, oh yeah, and I was like, hey, and like, and and uh, I actually was like, you know what? I'm happy for you. You you've all discovered yourselves, and like, I really wasn't upset with them. I was I was like, I understand. I feel bad for you. I'm like, but now I feel better for you because you know who you are. And, Delighted. I'm delighted to see you and kind of Well, happy. first they were spooked. They were spooked. You know, they got, they were like, ah, like, it was like, what the, and, but then, you know, and I'm wearing like hot pants and roller skates and glitter, you know, I was on my way to somewhere and couldn't have found me at a better time, but like. You were on your way to church, was, right? Exactly. <laughs> hello. Well, Madonna, hello. <laughs> what would Madonna do? <laughs> Actually, Madonna, when I, when I first moved to New York Club USA the first night, it was this huge, now it's a W Hotel, but it was this huge mega club. And Vin Diesel was actually our doorman with Kenny Kenny before he was a movie star. And uh, Madonna walks up to me with a lollipop. She's with her Vogers and all that. And, and she walks up and she's like licking the lollipop. And she looks at me, she goes, hmm, you're new, welcome. And then she walks away and I gagged. But because we had this magazine, well, I was part of it later, but the club kids had this magazine called Project X. And she was going to buy it at the time. And so she was all about the club kids, I guess, then. And... So yeah, somehow we all have a Madonna link going on. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, you know, I think what you were saying, Naz, I think it, to us, we really believe that it's about being somebody else, not being a fake version of yourself, but being the person that the norms are preparing you to be. Don't be that version. Don't be the stereotype. Really be somebody that is somebody else and they expect. For me, growing up as a kid at 10, 11 years old, my father every Saturday morning would take me to Barney's while other parents were taking their kids to the football field. That was somebody that they wouldn't expect to be at 10 years old in New York, but I loved it. I embraced it. And even to this day, I miss Barney so much. Please come back, Barney's. <laughs> right? And then that, wasn't that the first place you had NARS um, in Barney's, right? Absolutely. That's why I only knew of Barney's being the most fabulous store. Oh. And so when we started with the lipsticks, we said, okay, let's talk to them and see if they would take the product on. Um, they were a little hesitant. But then we came up with a concept of putting videos in all the windows. And they were awestruck. It was a really, really great time. How influential is that kind of marketing campaign to launching a brand like that? Because that's really what you're, you're, you're known for. You're, Mr. D, you're known for thinking outside of the box and sort of shaking up what the sort of classic traditional marketing, marketing ideas are. And, and for example, something like that, which now obviously people use video for a lot of things, but that, oh, that, that moment, it was like groundbreaking. It's like, oh yeah, we're not going to just do classic beauty campaign, we're going to put videos in the windows, people are going to stop, they're going to look, and it's, you know, was it difficult to convince people of that, that moment? It was very difficult to convince people, but we didn't care. We just kept pushing forward. And Francois had so many different video cameras in his loft, and he loved all these supermodels, whether it be Cindy, Naomi, Linda, he was always surrounded by these beautiful women, these world-class, world-famous supermodels that were such great people, and he would always have the tape running, he was always filming them. So it was a natural for me to turn around and say to Francois, let's take those videos, let's edit them together, and let's turn that into the face of the brand. Because no one knew about him at that time, unless you were what they called them below 14th Street, which was you are all black head to toe. Remember the expression? <laughs> you, are all black. you are all black head to toe, and you never went above 14th Street. I lived in New York for, I don't know, 20 odd years, and I rarely went above 14th Street. My, my studio was in 14th. Oh, you know, on the on the south side of 14th Street, number 410 West 14th, actually. <laughs> oh, I'm my God, I love it. I used to be, but I've never, I'm not there anymore, so I can do it. But but it was, a, <laughs> when I first got it, it was actually a meat packing, And at the very bottom was a club wow. called Hell, which you may remember. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and, that re and that really was the meat packing. I mean, people oh, don't yeah. believe that it was actually butchers. They're like, why do you call it the meat packing? I'm like, hello, like, <laughs> Jackie 60, do you remember that club? Like, yep. Boop. <laughs> well, absolutely, I, I totally remember. I mean, that that whole zone was was kind of off the hook. But anyway, yeah. yeah. But, I, but I think that's how all three of us, all four of us, live our lives. Look at you two guys doing this entertainment show. We all see fashion as entertainment. Oh, cool. We see the world through a lens. Of course, Nigel, with your profound, prolific career, you see it like that. And that's how Francois and I saw that. That's how I've always seen fashion as entertainment. That's how I see everything through a lens. Everything to me is a movie. Everything is dramatic. And so I think it's important to be able to do those things to change the game all the time, to constantly reinvent the way people perceive the norms. That's what it's all about for us. And we do that in a very natural way. Mr. D, um, Nigel, you know, Nigel, you just said, you know, leading to this battle, this podcast is entertainment. Nigel, the bits you don't hear that you might hear on the actual podcast, you know, he, he takes it very seriously. And when he's describing his dream before, 
before we have to, before the guests kind of come on, he goes very deep into what he's drinking, and he actually slightly fancies himself as a bit of a sort of you know cocktail maestro and all that stuff. And I don't think he necessarily sees entertainment; it's more sort of infotainment. I don't know what it is, but anyway, or just be, you know being on TV. But this is an entertainment that we're supposed to be entertaining. It's now put me under a huge amount of pressure. Nice, come up with something funny, man. I love the fact that, as you said that, a light came on and all of a sudden you were under a spotlight. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Notice that Mr. Astor is all of a sudden, the snapper has got a spotlight shining well, on Mr. it. Mr. Dean, I are known as the gods of glitter, so I think we've zapped you through the boom. Can I ask you both? No, I'm probably going to steal his kind of, he probably thought about to ask you this, but I'm, um, what, collaboratively, together, what is to date your biggest success? I can answer that right away. For me, it's the combination of everything. I think it's everything. It's everything put together in one big mashup pile that what makes me wake up in the morning every day so happy and makes me stay up really late working on the next project, on the next collaboration. The entire body of work is what excites me. To look right. back on stuff every time you do something and then it adds into the library, it's fantastic. Again, to be having those... I wouldn't pinpoint a sort of moment of collaboration where you're like, let's put... Let's put the um, you know, let's put video in the in the in the windows, or let's let's you know the you know the idea that you've created you've done something that's kind of completely altered the, the concept of kind of marketing or or, or or you know in fashion. But so it's just the the, the whole the general, it's still a work in progress, is what you're saying. Right? Yeah, I, mean, I, I I like to think I'm that smart and that talented and that brilliant, but I think a lot of it just happens by accident, Tom. I think that you just go into these things trying to do something as big, as wide, and create as much noise as possible, and of course, do something really different. And then you naturally stumble upon those ideas, and then a few years later, you say, oh, wow, that was pretty amazing. <laughs> but on, on that note, though, totally. you've obviously worked with a lot of very big names, and you mentioned a lot of sort of supermodels and megastars, but you know, what about people who are superstars in the making? What about supermodels who aren't supermodels yet? You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, like, it's one thing to work with people who are already sort of major, but a bit right. like Nas before he made became Nas. What is it that that, that it is? The, do you think when you see someone that, that you that what is the it factor in that in someone that's special? How do you see that? How do you find that? Because I think it's one of the number one questions I get asked: is Do I have what it takes? Am right. I? You know, could I be the next? you know, superstar. And of course we can't all be, but there is certain it factors about certain people. And I'd love to know what your take on what that it factor is. Well, first of all, my fashion show is Back to Fern Malice. She gave us the opportunity with Heatherette, my friend Trevor Reigns and I, to be at Bryant Park. So we would, we would close fashion week at, at, and the last of the night. And so one show, for example, Naomi Campbell was a surprise finale. And Paris Hilton, I've known since she was 16. And like, nobody knew who Paris Hilton was then or Nikki Hilton and, and all that. And and we just played dress up at my apartment and stuff like that with Pat Field. And so then with that, Pat really taught me a lot of, and also the club kids scene, like, um, cause like I said, we were all misfits. So like I'd scout people on the street, just running into people and, and like, Oh, you have a look, you're like a boom. And like, they're like, I want to model or I want to do this. Or have you ever thought of doing that? And sometimes I think it's just that energy and that spark. And, you, and I've, always mixed, I've always mixed it up with everybody, like whether you're famous or not, or what have you. And Mr. D believes in that too, like, and it's just that I, energy. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, for us, Tom, for us, Nigel, um, we always talk about this, Richie and I, everyone wants to be famous these days, and you can be famous very easily with all these amazing technological tools in your tool chest and your toolbox. You can do a lot of different things to get a lot of followers, to get a lot of notoriety, but that definitely doesn't mean you're a star. And for us, we like to work with talent that really have star quality. And that star quality, like Richie is saying, really is a vibe. You really admit something that when you see that person, you know that they're at an altitude that's just totally different than anything you've ever seen. A heavenly altitude, I like to say. And those are the ones that you almost do a double take and say, nah, -uh, impossible. <laughs> and those are the ones that I get the sense that you could be different, whether you be a clothing designer with a t-shirt and dream like Christian Odegey, whether you be a makeup artist with a dream and a lipstick in hand like a Francois Nars, or a major corporation that wants to send models down a runway and let girls dream of being models themselves. Everyone has to have that quality and that sizzle factor and that amazingness. Oh, nice. 
like you guys. <laughs> or, or you could be me. Yeah. Which, no. You got yeah. that. You are that sizzle, baby. Boom. Thank you, darling. I can feel the wind in my hair right now as we're yeah, talking. No. Yeah, I was going to say, but Nigel, you know, I mean, when Tyra Banks got on the scene and started rising to the ranks of the fashion glitterati and being so amazing, going from runway to runway, page to page, you knew she had something that was spectacular. You just felt it. She had a sense of confidence. She had a sense of personality and a sense of herself. She knew who she wanted to be and she knew she was different than everybody else and was amazing to see her on the screen. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I mean, I think it is, it comes from within. People often ask, why is, for example, why did Kate Moss become a supermodel when she was sort of five foot six and a half and fat chested and short and kind of like, you know, not necessarily that remarkable at that moment in time. You know, and, and I worked with her right at the very, very beginning. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily that she looked particularly like outrageous or anything like that. She didn't have pearls and pink hair and a glittery, <laughs> t- you know, and she was she did. Right? <laughs> she was literally like, I remember doing a shoot with her and she was drinking milk out of a bottle with a straw and, and was sitting <laughs> there and it was like a little girl. What was so extraordinarily refreshing about her was that, okay, that yes, that that facade was not like in your face, right? But you have to understand it was coming off the end of the, the era of the supermodel when everything was hyper glam, hyper glitz. I'm not getting out of bed for less than $10,000. Supermodels right. <laughs> that were over the top. And it was that knee jerk reaction. And the fashion industry is often about those revolutions. And at that moment, it was grunge. It was about to hit. Androgyny was about to hit. Her and Chic was about to hit. And it was because of, what, of, of all the excess. And fashion was like, F you excess. A lot of people don't have anything. We're normal. We're down to earth. And we all want to be one. And that's why Calvin Klein came out with a campaign called One. Someone right. like was like, you know, like, I'm going to be plain. I'm going to be normal. Of course, she then transformed and became this muse that was able to be like, yeah, I was that then. But now I'm going to be super glam and I'm going to be over the top. But, <laughs> but it was like, it was interesting how she had that, like you, this it factor where you could, you know, become so many different things. You know, to almost like, you know, she could live the, the, whatever her imagination wanted her to be. You know what I mean? Versus like, just have to be whatever, you know, but it was, she was in control of it. I think that was what was so interesting. She wasn't going to be glamorous just because that's what fashion said. She was going to be just herself, sit, sitting there with a bottle of milk, drinking. I love it. Out of the street. <laughs> yeah, and also, and also totally. not, not being affected by everything that's around you, not being affected by the paparazzi, not getting too caught up in that situation, that moment, and just being yourself in that world. And that's basically how I met Richie Rich. And Richie, to me, has the it factor, has an it factor and beyond. And it's it, not IT. It's I-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T. It doesn't (laughs) stop, guys. It doesn't stop. It never stops. I was, I think I was putting on a concert for the Versace family. And backstage, all these different people were trying to come in and sneak a look and see what we're doing in the middle of Times Square. And in walks this guy with tight, skinny jeans on in a crazy fuchsia color and a little wool sweater, and a little hat, and amazing lipstick, and amazing face of makeup. And it was Richie. I was totally, totally shocked. Did I crash it? I, <laughs> <laughs> probably. I was totally shocked to see someone that was so awesome, just totally awesome from head to toe, and had a sense of confidence and an aura about himself. It was like you're saying the spotlight with Tom. It was like there was a spotlight went right on Tim. And I walked up to him and I said, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Mr. D. And he said, you can repeat it now, Richard, what you said. He said, hey, Richie. Everybody's a star. I'm Richie Rich. <laughs> I probably did. Did we crash that, that show? I forget. <laughs> and that was it. And, and Richie wow. still has that belief that everybody is a star and everybody has to be in front of the camera. You can still be behind the camera. But again, for us right now, for newest brand, which we really think is a world because brands are made in boardrooms and boardrooms are very boring to us. We like to create worlds. We like to make amusement parks and make the product a souvenir. And we want to do something where we're really giving an opportunity and a voice to all these kids on planet Earth and beyond. They could be on Mars. They could be anywhere that really don't identify as anything that's typical. It might be a boy. It might be a girl. However, they identify themselves as we want to say, here's your space. Here's your place. We all love makeup. 
let's be united by makeup, but let's change the world. And I'll tell you guys, from all these different kids that just want to put on makeup and be amazing, they really do want to change the world. And we want to give them a platform to do that. What about for all those kids who are amazing and unbelievable, but don't necessarily want makeup? Oh, it's not all, only about makeup, though. It's, the, it's basically the conversation starts with the makeup. Like, it could be like Halloween's coming up, or it could be like a holiday, or it could just be glitter for fun. But it doesn't have to be all makeup. I mean, it's a, it's a platform with music and just pop culture all over the place. Like, and, and just from cooking to everything, everything that basically ticks your talk and talks your tick. It's like, it's all the above. And it's just madness in general. And it's that boy I was sitting at my desk or in my bedroom board and saying like, I wish I had a beauty queen to my fairy godmother or father to reach out to me and say like, ding, ding, like, you're welcome here. Like, shoo, like, it's like wherever you are in the world, like, and that's what we're, we're open arms to that. And oh, Tom is absolutely the fairy godmother to my son. Um, really? And- I love that. <laughs> and he, he's quite, quite a fairy godmother, I must say. I'm making you a wand. Not that you need another one, but I'm going to make you one. Boom. Okay. <laughs> Let's turn the tables on you guys. All time favorite pop song right now. What's on Ooh, your playlist? Hard. Let's say. No, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. <laughs> All-time favorite pop song. Stay here a second. I'm going to go get it because I've got it. Right, right. Ah! Yes, <laughs> yes. Yes, boom. I'm going to have Stasia. Ooh, we got props. Mr. D, I love a show and tell live. That's a boom. Ooh. Everyone that's listening, we promise this wasn't set up. We promise. Mm-hmm. No, no, no rehearsal. <laughs> Love it. I ain't a bit of country. Love it. Sorry, I couldn't get it right. Anyway, nice having you. I just I messed my mic up. That was, I think that was going, awesome. Tom. Please keep going. We like we love some glamour acoustic action going on. Hello. Well, I, do. I think you just I think you just did a, a new foray into your whole like shaking and stirred show. Like that's like. You should do that every show. I, I can't I've been it. trying to tell him to do it every show. He gets very right? embarrassed. Oh, what that, is that? Oh, wow. That's everything. There you go. Colonel Abrams, trapped. Oh, my God. That cover is everything. Doesn't this cover everything? This is one of my... Oh. When I heard this, it just... When I was a kid, I tell you what, the, 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 the whole beat of it... You, do you know it? Do you know this song? I have to say, wow. I don't know it, but now I know it, and I'm going to love it. I know, I know, I know of the artist. I know of Colonel, but I've never heard Trapped. <laughs> this is Colonel Abrams, and, ah. and it's a song called Trapped. And I, I basically tracked it down, and I've got, I've got a, uh, you know, a, a, a turntable up here and a Marshall speaker. And, but this is oh my God, it's Mage. This is a, a single that I used to listen to when I was probably about 12 years old. And I was like, like you said, the, what was the first pop song kind of thing that really meant something to you? And that was one of those ones when I heard it, and I'm like. But it's interesting because talk about personalities and people wanting to release themselves. This is a song called about being trapped, trapped in who you are and being able to trap, break out of it and be the person you want. Oh my want. God. That should be our theme song because like, that's exactly what we're, we're talking about right now. Like, can I just, I, I don't know if you can hear, get the audio here, but this is nice, this song. There we go, nice. We got it up for you. I feel like I should almost put it on my stereo right now or something. Yeah, well, yeah. It's all about being, it. being released and what have you. It's a great song. You've got to check it out. It's awesome. Um, so, yeah, look, I love it. You turn the table on me. Uh, that doesn't. That rarely happens. No I'm one still ever- getting in a trap. That was a boom. Next time, I'm going to ask you for my list of questions, Mr. D. Oh. <laughs> hey, Mr. D. Where does the name Mr. D come from, for God's sakes? <laughs> I don't even remember how I got that. It was a long time ago. <laughs> Everyone was calling me D, and then... Someone amazing said, Mr. D, it was someone out in Hollywood. Um, one day it'll be in my book. So wait a second, Rich was laughing when I asked that question. I think Rich, <laughs> Richie? It's a little naughty. <laughs> your nickname was D, and at some point, at a certain point in your career, you turn around and someone called you D. It was basically, in the pecking order, it wasn't quite on the same level, and you turn around and it was like, that's <laughs> you, man. <laughs> I, I have to read it in the book. It's all about Hollywood meets New York, you know, hello. <laughs> the E-True Hollywood Mr. D story, boom. But, but talk about music and fashion and all that. I mean, if you remember back to the video, the great George Michael with the video Freedom, I mean, such visual splendor, so spectacular. 
I mean, it was just sensory overload in every which shape or form. That was such a great track. That, you're right. And when I, I told you this, Mr. D, so Danilo, my good friend, he, he does, he's an amazing do master hairdresser. Like he does Gwen Spani, everybody now. And, and he did all the Mugler Danilo shows. Danilo worked on America's Next Top Model for yes, many years. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so he's from San Francisco. So when I was, I was 18, I was working at a hair salon by day at night. I was doing my club thing. And then he had me in the garage at his parents' house airbrushing all the two funky wigs for the George Michael video. And I'm like, what is this for? He's like, come to LA with me with all the supermodels. And you know what? I'm so stupid. I didn't go because I thought I was going to get fired from my job. He's like, you don't need that job. <laughs> but, but yeah, George Michael, like, no, that, I think that music, you're right, Mr. D, like definitely embraced embodied fashion and just the whole feeling of the 90s. Like, Although oh, George Michael's favorite song for me is Careless Whisper. Oh, I Although love that. Song. He's known for all his big anthems and pop anthems. Careless Whisper was just, and it's still to this day, it can draw a tear for me. I don't know why. It's, it's just such oh, a beautiful. It's amazing. An amazing. Sure. I agree. Let's talk about music then for a moment. I mean, because obviously, you know, you're fashion guys, but you, but you come from club, the club scene. Obviously, clubs are all about music meets fashion. How important is the music industry to, to beauty oh, in general? I mean, for me, for fashion shows, like it's it's basically when when I've designed collections, like it always the music is always in my head, wrapped around like the theme or like the idea of of what uh, it's storytelling, and that's what basically music does, you know, songs. So the energy on the runway is it, it's I come from the club scene, obviously. So like I brought the clubs to the runway. Without the music, there is no runway. So that's always been imperative, like for the vibe and the feeling, and and just like. Get the move on, the mood on, the move on, and all that. Yeah, uh, music is the ultimate scenery. It creates the environment. It creates the moment. And everything deserves a great soundtrack. That's what I believe. Oh, totally. How did you guys meet, the two of you? We haven't got to that part yet. You two, what was that, that, that intersection? Well, we were saying we met back at the Versace uh, show. That was... Uh, well, that was, the, uh, was at the Versace show. That was that moment, and that was it. The rest of it was history. Yeah, the rest was history. We became best friends immediately. Immediately, okay. We didn't. I didn't realize it was like that was that moment, and then that forever on that you were sort of together in business. Yeah. Then we both were kind of like, well, who are you, and who were you? And then you know, he, Mr. D, was running around all about and everything in these circles, and I was doing my own little figure eight circles, and then I dragged him out to the clubs, and then he would drag me out to parties. Not, not, not in a bad way. Good drag. Good we track. didn't work together specifically on a project together, but we helped each other in different projects in, different, in many different ways. I mean, yeah. Nigel and I became, it took us about two or three years to become friends, but I mean, we had to kind of like have share a few girlfriends, have <laughs> fights, you know, get a little do this and do that. I mean, you know, again, I'd like to say, I'm to quote Mr. D, you, you can read it in the book when, <laughs> when it comes well, luckily, out. <laughs> luckily, I, luckily, I don't have to steal Mr. D's girlfriends. He doesn't steal my boyfriend, so like, Perfect. <laughs> so let's get to Beauty Queen. Let's get jump right in. This new platform you've created. It's, it hasn't launched exactly yet, has it? It's still uh, people are signing up and all the rest of it. What are we looking yep. at? Correct. Let's get into Beauty Queen. Let's get into her. Let's ride the rainbow together. Ooh. Beauty Queen is something that's been long in the making. It's been something that we wanted to do in many different ways. And when all this technology started to converge upon us, we knew it was the time to let it go like a rocket ship into space. And so we ignited it and blasted off. And we are doing a membership drive right now. It's membership only. It's a club. It's a private world. It's behind the velvet ropes. It's the ultimate guest list of the coolest kids on planet Earth and beyond. And it's for all these kids that beat to their own drum, Nigel. These kids that think differently, look differently, and act differently. But to them, like Richie and myself, we're just born that way. It's in our DNA. And so these kids really want to rule their own world. And we want to give them a place to do that. And so because we love makeup so much, we think makeup is so exciting. We also think that, you know, if MTV started today, instead of it being music television, we really think it would probably be makeup television. And so there's some amazing things going on in makeup and videos on different platforms. We wanted to put it all together under one roof, under one umbrella. And of course, make it an amazing, awesome club. That sounds very glamorous, but I'm just curious as to what about all the kids who perhaps aren't as glamorous? They, you say like it's, it's, it's this cool club. Who can get in? I mean, can anyone get in? Can, is everyone welcome or is it only welcome to the cool kids? It's, it's everyone is welcome. But when we say that, Nigel, 
you know, we think every kid should think of themselves as a cool kid. Definitely. No matter where you live, no matter how you live, no matter how much money you have, how much money you don't have, think as yourself as the coolest person on planet Earth. Not Nigel, sorry, Nigel spent his entire life doing that. I'm not sure it's done him a huge <laughs> it's done him a huge amount of favors. But I mean, you know, sorry, carry on. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry, carry on. And so as we were putting this together, this world that we've created here, you know, we've spoken to so many amazing, amazing people. And to hear these stories, it really blows our mind when you hear about a kid in Louisiana that loves makeup, loves dressing in crazy colors, loves the glitter, loves the glamour, but can't even go outside his own doors 25 minutes from New Orleans because he'll get yelled at and hollered and potentially beat up. How could that be in this world today that's still going on in the year 2020? So we want to change that. And we're going to try as hard as possible to change that. And it's kind of like the whole the whole club world we come from. It's like it's like Mr. D said, the cool factor really is if you want to enter the velvet rope, everybody's welcome. It's just if you don't have it already instilled, we want to give you that confidence because you are cool. Everybody's cool. Do you find, though, that having, you know, lived this yourself and having gone through the 80s and 90s, we're actually, you know, we're all becoming much more liberal. Everyone was coming, becoming much more accepting, strangely, I, from my perspective. Right. But what's happened recently, I find, I don't know, um, looking at the way the world's working, is actually funny, having got to this place where things were looking kind of good for, for you at the cause you're talking about, you know, feeling good about yourself and being able to express yourself, things have taken a dive for the worst. I mean, how, how, do, you, do you find that with what, with what you're trying to achieve? Do you find that things in the last, let's say, two or three years, let's not get political about it, two or three years have gone the other way, have started reversing? I mean... I think when everything, like, really goes, awry and like crazy like you're saying like and it's a downfall kind of like it's like I think that's where the art scene and the and the underground scene really kind of like emerges even more and, and now and now with it being virtual and it's more at your fingertips like it's like when I do a fashion show like it, everybody's like I want to be front row I want to be this that and everything now everybody can come to our fashion show it's like you can whether Absolutely, you're, you're dressing up in your bedroom or you're just joining the club to be in the club and see what's going on and around the world like you don't need to be in New York or L.A. or be in the Netherlands or wherever you are. And, and, and also, I, and I think we provide a silver lining. We provide an outlet for fun to get away from these things. There's so much acceptance out there and there's a big lack of acceptance out there. So this gives you a fun place to go, to break away and let your hair down. What will people experience when they go to Beauty Queen? They'll, they'll, get it, they'll, they'll join up, sign up to beautyqueen.com or whatever and be a member of this sort of club kind of thing. And at, that, at this party that you're organizing online, so to speak, they're going to be what? What, what will they experience? What, what are the events that are going to happen? Mr. D, tell them about our superstar. We've discovered a, an amazing group, an amazing cast that loves makeup, that loves fashion, style, music cooking, skateboarding, I could go on and on and on. And they're gonna kind of be the leaders of this world. And they're gonna go in there and they're gonna to talk to these other kids about all these different issues going on in their lives, about wellness, about health, about makeup, about music. And you're gonna truly be transported guys into, into a virtual world. And that's what we're aiming to do with the different technology that, that's out there. We're gonna be video first and we're gonna be fabulous first. Yeah. Ooh. What is the end game for Beauty Queen? Well, the Gods of Glitter are, is, is our talk show. It's like, it's basically a chat show that we'd love for you both to be guests on. And so that's sort of like opening the, the kimono of like, of everything Mr. D just said. Like, it's the world of like, whatever interests are out there, like, and not anything goes really. I mean, so. You understand that Tom is wearing his pajamas right now. And, I know, and I, let, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was going to um, comment on those. It's very Oscar Wilde of you. Nearly, nearly a kimono, sorry. I love yeah. you. Boom. <laughs> are you wearing any, are you wearing pajama pants? Don't people, nobody wears any pants during the virtual. You just said you right? can't see what I'm wearing. The great thing about Zoom, I could be wearing it. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have any knickers on? <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he likes to wear like a, a, I think like a, a jock strap when he goes to bed, right, Tom? Boom. Thanks, that image that people said. You're perfect for being so here. So we're going to introduce what we call our icons. We're going to introduce our own version of style stars pop stars, makeup stars, music stars, mad stars, and let people have fun and let people really enjoy something that they haven't seen before and something that's very different. And then also something that's very important to us is to give a voice to existing talent in the space of style and music that doesn't have a place to talk about different issues 
or doesn't have a talk place they can just go plug their products. And so the gods of glitter will serve as that centerpiece for the entire industry and for the entire world, we believe, for pop culture. The gods of glitter. There you go. And Tom, we've been invited on as guests. How about that? Yeah. You must be the first guest. But I want, to, I, want to, I want to do a photo shoot for Beauty Queen. Let's organize something. Oh, my God, that'd be amazing. Let's do it. Love that. Over the top, blow it out of the water, glitter everywhere. Oh, my God, we'd be honest. Yes. I will be in touch. My people will speak to your people, which means yes. tell you pretending to be someone else. And uh, <laughs> Okay, ready? You want to hear, you want to hear my, my other person's voice? Ready? His name is Troy. Oh, let's see if it works. Okay, say you're calling me. Ready? Nigel, dial me up. Ring well, me. Let's, let's set it up. Let's set it up. So Richie gets someone. Hello, can I speak to Richie Rich? I've got Nigel Barker on the other line. Hello, welcome to Beauty Queen. Hello, <laughs> who's calling, please? Who is this? I'm high. I'm, I'm, I would like to get through to Richie Rich, please. I have uh, Nigel Barker on the other line holding for Richie Rich. Oh, Mr. Barker, he's a very big fan of yours. Fortunately, he's uh, unavailable right now. We will get back to you. The gods of glitter <laughs> will let you know. Thank you for calling Beauty Queen. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> oh my God! There exists this giant jock inside of you. I've never known. Well, during Heatherette, Heatherette, we used to answer the phone like that all the time because we'd be sewing and this and that, what have you. And our friend Amy was was answering the phone and she was doing all that and PR and everything. And but when she wasn't around, like we'd answer the phone. And so oh. a friend of mine who's a stylist in LA, like I would always answer as Troy. And I always forgot to tell her I'm I'm Troy. And then she came to New York at the time we were in the East Village, our, our studio, and she comes to style something we're doing in fashion week and she's like where's troy because i told her oh i'm i'm richie's cousin basically troy was and is <laughs> he's hot and he's straight and she's like where is he and i'm like girl i'm troy she's like what <laughs> like and that didn't go over well like <laughs> <laughs> this whole like image of like some hot dude i'm like honey i do a deep voice but it doesn't sound that hot <laughs> like you guys easily so gay if you ask me but <laughs> I love it. that is so so funny and by the way that voice was perfect <laughs> Absolutely Thank you. Look, before we let you go, we have a thing called Last Orders um, on Shaken and Stirred, which is a little rapid fire question moment. And I, I would like to ask you both a little bit about this. Are you guys ready? Yeah, we're ready. I'm not quite ready, sorry. Just before we do this, Nigel, <laughs> could you please do this questioning in the voice of Richie Rich? Yeah. Wow. I, you know, I'm not one for voices, but I, <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> in one fashion style I'd like to see back I don't know I mean I, I'd like to see just like everybody just taking the grunge and adding to it and like doing that whole 90s kind of thing with some glitter on the grunge like I like that kind of vibe like I like the whole Courtney Love action going on kind of like kind of that goodwill meets like Good Samaritan with glitter Mr. D what, what about you? <laughs> a great black top hat I love a black Ooh, top I hat I love a top hat Ooh. I remember Slash putting that on in the music video, Sweet Child of Mine, and I saw that. That is what everyone should adorn when they walk outside their front door. I what agree. A black top hat. I wore one on my celebrity town album cover. Yeah, no, absolutely. I just got myself a big hat, not a black top hat, but it's Ooh. a big old cowboy hat. Tom loves a hat too. We actually I were. I love a hat. Yeah, and um, South by Southwest and went to Stetson and got ourselves some hats, and we were marching around town with our big hats. Boom, we love a Stetson. But there's a reason why a top hat, it goes even deeper than Slash and Guns N' Roses and the legendary video that Tom Tatua put on, <laughs> put on Captain Records on MTV. It goes even deeper. Ask me why, Nigel. Oh, I, I'm sure, I thought you were going to tell me. Go ahead. I have to tell you. Because truly, I believe in this very, very much. I'm not just saying this to fill space on your show. Life is a circus. Come one, come all. Live it, love it, and dream it. Hello. We are the ring... We are the ringmasters to your glitter. Boom. What are you wearing, Tommy? A top hat, Nige. I, I love, love it. it. How'd you pull that <laughs> out of your hat? It's <laughs> I've got all sorts up my sleeves. Wow, you're all like you you pull out guitars and album covers and hats, you too. I mean Do you know, Mr. D, I'm gonna take it one step further on this one, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is a special top hat because this is a, a top hat that you can fold. And well, those are the best. Uh, and the reason for this top hat was because this top hat used to be worn when you went to the theatre and when you sat down and to watch the show, obviously, if you can't sit behind someone wearing a top hat, so you could fold it and sit on it. Yeah. Wow. Always ahead of the Kelvin fashion, so maybe you should, 
maybe you should re, you know, this is an old, old design. Maybe it needs to be re, you know. We need to revisit her. Boom. Tom, Tom, Tom's trying to become a consultant for the fashion brand. I love, yeah, I love the top, man. Everyone needs to be a ringmaster in their own world. We love it. Okay. I'd love to I see agree. this one. The next question is heels or flats? Go on, Tom, go and grab your heels while they answer. Richie, heels or flats? Are wheels, are wheels part of heels? Because I like roller skates. Boom. Perfect. Wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Glittery ones, obviously. <laughs> uh oh, Tom has a slipper, a velvet slipper. Flats. Well, Are you gonna play flat. your roller skates now, Tom? <laughs> Mr. D. Stilettos always. Hundred percent. I'm with you there the whole way. All right. Rock or punk music? Both. Yeah. Whatever it takes. I like it. I'll take both. Okay. I like both. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like yeah. They kind of go hand in hand. I mean, like that's kind of saying like. Spaghetti and meatballs. I got it. Yeah, you're bare face or you're fully done. I don't know. I like them both. I love it too. In the case, how about this? This is a good one for you guys. In the movie of your lives, who should play you? Uh, Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> um, Zoe Deschanel. I like her. Okay. Interesting. Mr. D. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin already tried it, but that's a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can see that. <laughs> Um, for me, Richie said it best, Madonna. Okay. <laughs> Madonna can't play both of you, for God's sakes. I mean, it's ridiculous. No, God, you're taking my star. You also wouldn't look that good with a beard. She wouldn't look that good with a beard, I'm not saying. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, and finally... Wait, Nigel, question. you stopped you stop talking like Richie Rich. I like that. I never talked in the third person. That was weird. Final question. Bacon <laughs> or stirred, Richie? <laughs> What? Sorry. Shaken or stirred. You see, I just can't do it, Richie. I just can't do it. I've got to be myself. Shaken well, the fact the fact that I'm I'm already like stirred around because I'm a skater, so I'm constantly spinning in my mind. So I'll take shaken. You shake me up, you shook. I'm shook. Wow. It feels so good. And Mr. D? Definitely stirred. Stir, stir, stir some more. I can see that. The two of you are made for each other. Shake yeah. it. Thank you. Good. Yes. Guys, check out beautyqueen.com. That is queen with a K and a W. <laughs> queen.com. You'll Whoa. see it on my Instagram. You'll see that you just have to sign up and, and go along and join the club. If you think Boom. you can't get in, you can. Even Tom is a member. So check that out. You'll be able to hey, see Tom. the and me. And just watch out. These guys mean business. Beauty is what it's about. Whatever you are, whoever you are, you're welcome. I love it, Queen. They'll see your photo shoot, our photo shoot on Beauty Queen. Hello. I can't wait. Richie Rich, Mr. D, thank you so much for being our guest. Much love. So grateful. Thank you, Nigel. Thank you, Tom, for having us. We love you. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Nigel. We're blessed. Beauty Queen for life. Live your dreams, everybody. Live your dreams. Everybody is a star. Wow. Thank you very much for listening. That is Shaken and Stirred. We will be back next week with another podcast and another fantastic guest. And uh, stay safe. See ya.